Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Before we start this episode, I just want to um, remind you guys that my course is still available um, on discount. Um, it's the um, my Breathe Through Your Big Emotions course. And um, it is available for, I think it's, I think at the minute it's £45. And uh, that's 65% discount. Um, so kygram.com forward slash breathe. It'll help you out of any stressful situations. If you use the coupon code STRESS, then you get the discount. Anyway, without further ado, let's get going. Well, you wonderful lot. I think we're in for another treat here. I am so excited to speak to Matt Douglas, and I know that he has got, well, interesting stuff to share with parents and teens. So let, let's sort of get going. Matt is himself a veteran educator with years of experience working with teens and young adults. He has worn many hats in the fields of education as a high school teacher, admin at a progressive private school, the group director of a travel summer camp, and the owner of a small private tutoring business and now he is a life coach and academic counsellor for teens and young adults. Now it's Matt's philosophy for his clients which is which is one of compassion, respect and occasional <laughs> tough love with the ultimate goal of helping teens and young adults he works with on their journey of becoming independent and confident young adults. Gosh that's what we all want isn't it? Um, Matt's current, he currently resides in Northern Virginia and he enjoys outdoors, especially biking, soccer and surfing, nerding out on all kinds of subjects and his Baltimore Ravens. He, is, he also has a podcast himself and it's called The Educator Podcast. Matt, I am so glad you're here. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. What a, what a wonderful introduction. I appreciate that. Well, it, it's it's wonderful to have you here. It's um it's great with someone with a with a sort of proven track record, and and I and um I I do not have the only education I have experience is sort of you know sitting in the classroom um as the pupil. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm interested to sort of hear sort of all your experiences as well. But Matt, there's a lot going on a minute uh, at the minute, isn't there, for all our teens? Absolutely, um, yeah. Who are just coming out the other side of COVID, um, you, you know, you and I are clearly based in different parts of the world, but you can't. You, you don't like my accent. Uh, do you not like mine? <laughs> I love it. I wish I had a British accent. Oh, I don't know. We we come in all shapes and sizes. Uh... I think, but I think the thing is, is 
we do sort of have that sort of common thread, don't we, of, of, of all experiencing COVID and all, all sort of, and watching how, I think the thing is, is that we're sort of coming out now with vaccinations and the, the restrictions are being eased a little bit. And uh, people are sort of saying, oh gosh, it's, you know, we're, we're coming out and it's great and it, it's all positive. I don't know about you, Matt, but I am now finding that now's the time for us to, we need to, as the professionals, we need to roll up our sleeves and start helping the kids because this transition is a bumpy one for them, isn't it? Yes, it, it really is. Um, as you mentioned in the in the intro there, you know, I've had a lot of experience in education environments all, kind of all across the board, working in schools in different capacities, working outside of schools. And it's given me a really interesting insight into these kids and these families. And what I've been doing the past few years since before COVID and now through it is I'm working one-on-one with these individual yeah. teens and, and their families to a degree. Um, and I've seen what's happened pre-COVID throughout COVID and the now is things are, again, coming out of it. The way I look at it is, is life is like 75%, 80% back to normal, but not quite there. Um, and these kids, whom, most of whom are really, really struggling through COVID for all kinds of reasons, are now in this position where they've been out of the social world yeah. for literally a year and a half, and now they're getting thrust back into it. Um, and that's causing a lot of changes and they got used to being at home and on their computers, and on their phones more than they ever were, which is already a lot, you know, and, and we as professionals try, we're trying to deal with it ourselves too. Right. Yeah. But trying to guide or help guide these kids through it is, is a challenge. I mean, this is a wonderful side of it because at least things are more back to normal and kids can relate with each other again and be together and be in school together for the most part. Uh, but it is very bumpy. That is mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and you know, these kids are facing a lot of challenges, no matter what teenage years are really hard years, right? Even Absolutely. when things are perfect. Absolutely. Uh, so going through all this and sort of the trauma that everyone, including these kids were facing and now coming out of it and trying to pretend like things are fine and normal. Uh, it's not always the case, you know? And I think that's, I mean, you know, let's just sort of touch on the social, because I think, I, I mean, as adults, we sort of come out and sort of say, oh, well, you know, I'm just sort of, you know, coming out and putting my nose above the parapet and sort of, you know, and then sort of, you know, running back to my bubble again. But and, and we are sort of breaking ourselves in gently and that's fine. But with kids especially, um, they have so much importance hinging on their tribe anyway, don't they? Because for, for them, I mean, you know, young, young, young people are, it's, it's the, by their very makeup, they are needing to find their tribe. They're needing to be able to relate to them. They're needing to sort of, you know, flex their wings of independence. And they've been sort of denied that. So how can we help them? How can we help them sort of graduate through that from a social point of view? And, as you said, you, you know, you quite rightly use the word bumpy. How can we make it less bumpy for them? Well, that's a really, really good question. Um, and I think the first part of that answer is just sort of understanding where these kids are coming from. So, you know, we as I'm 34, but we as adults, you know, we, we often really quickly forget just how important to us our social world and our social life was when we were teenagers. Yeah. Right. When, when the parents or adults think of teenagers, they think of, okay, you got to get your schoolwork done. You got to figure out your job. You got to figure out post-graduation, like, you know, those, those nuts and bolts things. But for most teenagers, what's the most important thing? Their yeah. friends, their social life. That's what they spend their time thinking about. That's what, you know, keeps them up at night for good reasons or bad. That's what like drives them in many ways. Um, and just like 
for adults to take a step back and, and understand that just in general, but obviously with, with, with COVID and all this, I think it's really important. So these kids have either missed out on much of, or virtually all of the most important part of their life, their social experience totally. for well over a year. Yeah. Um, and we got to give them a lot of grace and a lot of leeway after trying to get back acclimated to that. Uh, we have to do that safely, you know, whatever that means for individual families. But they kids need the space to be able to be kids and kids need the space to be able to be with their friends and have those social experiences that they missed or lost out on. You know, I've worked with so many kids who missed their entire final year of high school, which is like tragic. Because that's the last year before you all go off to whatever you're doing after school and miss your friends. They missed proms. They missed the first year of college as a freshman on campus. Or they just, you know, as a, as a 10-year-old, they missed a year and a half of social growth that is really, really necessary for a kid growing up. So I, I think it starts with grace. I think it starts with an understanding of, of what they've been through and allowing them a little bit of leeway that you might not otherwise be willing to give. Because I think we forget, as you rightly said, we forget as parents and we or as adults, because I think to begin with, when we sort of, Lord knows how many lockdowns we've had, I think we probably had three. But, you know, when we had the first lockdown, there was that novelty there. And, and we were sort of very much, oh, thank goodness, you know, I can, I don't have to spin as many plates and I don't have to sort of, you know, juggle as many things. And, and okay, you know, homeschooling really sort of tested many parents to the limits. But we were very much sort of, you know, thrilled with the fact that, life sort of suddenly would became a bit more simple for a while. And yet what we, I think many parents forget, as you have said, is that the rug was pulled from under our kids and their oh, yeah. lifeline, which oh, yeah. was their friends, was totally, you know, it, it, it disappeared overnight, literally. And I think it took our kids a while to sort of get into that flow, didn't it? You know, because suddenly when we were, sort of hoping that they would have independence they were stuck under the same roof as the rest of us and it, it, it ain't much fun no no it's really not um and you know i'm not i can only really speak from my experience the clients i've had and kind of the insight that i have but you know i would be really curious to hear what a what a therapist or a psychiatrist child psychologist um, or psychiatrist would be saying because you know, everything i've heard is that the rates of anxiety and depression and even suicide have gone up for yeah. these teens and you know it's 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 no surprise right? Because we all went through a traumatic experience. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, adults are, are, we're better equipped to handle that because we don't, you know, we don't need to be social all the time. Like you do when you're 15 years old, yeah. um, we can mostly do our jobs from home. Uh, yes, there were tons of other issues that adults were facing, but for a kid, uh, the, the, the phrase you used, the, the rug was pulled out from beneath them. was absolutely correct. You know, I think for pretty much everybody, when COVID started, it was like, okay, we're going to have like two or three weeks to be at home and watch some yeah. movies and hang out. That sounds like fun. Uh, and these kids were a lot, a lot of the clients I had is exactly the way it went down. It was a Friday afternoon and they were told at school. Okay. Uh, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Um, okay. You know, see you guys later. And then it was a year and a half before they were back in school. Um, and that is really, I think it's going to take a long time for people to work through that sort of process all that. Because that's really, really debilitating. Uh, it's, I mean, when you, yeah, when you put it like that, it, it's, 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 it is debilitating, and it's, it's quite worrying. Because I think the thing is, is that you know, you sort of said yes, you sort of um, let's sort of 
I think you used the word grace, wasn't it? Grace and understanding towards yeah. what our kids are going through. But how do we support them? Because as you sort of say, some of them are going sort of, you know, from um, one school to another, you know, they're moving. So if they're just moving up grades, that's fine because they're sort of mates are sort of there. But but other, other kids are moving, you know, sort of from, you know, one school to another or from high school to college or university or yeah. whatever, or new jobs. And, and you know, I mean, even it's not just the teenagers it's the young adults my kids both started new jobs in lockdown and had to socialize on the screen through this you know through zoom which is a, it's, it's really hard so how can we encourage and and our kids to develop those sort of skills well, there's there's a lot to unpack in that question, and, and I guess what I'll just rambling, wasn't yeah. I? <laughs> no, no, no. But it's but it's such a great but it's such an important question. So I'm really glad you bring it up. So there are a number of different ways to look at it, right? So again, I think it starts with the understanding, and once you understand what your kids have been going through, you're much more able to help. Um, there are a few big big pieces of that. So if your kid's still in school, the academic shift has been pretty sizable. So they were they were at home working from home for well over a year, most likely, and now they're back in person. Um, for most of the clients that I work with and the experiences that I've had, it is now much easier for these kids to be learning in person because logistically it's better, the teaching is easier, the learning is easier. So just that nature of changing from online back to in person is helpful. But they probably have some deficits. Um, you know, if you, if your kids struggled in math before lockdown, they probably are struggling a lot more. Uh, that's maybe the biggest one, but all kinds, you know, if they, if they have some sort of learning disability or any, any kind of, you know, challenge like that, don't be afraid to get them extra support. Uh, this is the time when there's all, you've probably heard teachers talk about learning loss and all these kind of things. Don't feel bad at all about getting any kind of extra support, whatever that might look like, whether that's a tutor or some sort of educational, like therapist or anything like that that can help them ease that transition back. Um, and then in terms of socialization, just, yeah, I would just say like uh, encourage them and allow them to get out of their bubble a little bit. Some of these kids are kind of nervous about it. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot yeah. of kids who are, they've, they're so used to being at home in front of their computer. They're almost like afraid to socialize again. And, yep. you know, remember when you were a teenager, you were probably feeling a ton of social anxiety at some point or another, you know, it's very normal. Encourage, encourage, teens to to hang out together and sometimes you know maybe the parents are the ones who are planning a get together like they would have when your kids were 10 you know but any you know anything you can do without being um without going overboard without sort of overstepping and sometimes it's hard to find that balance as a parent for sure it is but you know recognize that your kids have lost a lot and and any kind of encouragement any kind of help that you can give if you if you identify a need social, academic, whatever, investigate it, prod it a little bit. And if there's anything that can be done, whether you doing it or another professional or, or something like that, explore it. There's, there's absolutely no, there's really no downside to that kind of thing. If your kid really doesn't want it, they'll tell you, they'll push back, but um, you know, can't hurt the try in most cases. I, I don't know, because I, I, I think um, it's very different um, in the UK as opposed to to sort of in the States. But I, I am sort of still, you know, the, for, for many parents, there is still a slight reluctance for hiring a parenting coach or a tutor for the kids. You know, not really, well, an academic tutor they're OK with, but uh, a mentor or something 
I think parents still sort of have that sl- slight reluctance because it's sort of admitting to the, you know, to themselves or to whoever that their child is, in air quotes, broken. Um, is is that sort of a, a reluctance that you are seeing, or is uh, are you you guys way ahead of us? I think it's a really interesting question. Um, and you know, if if I'm speaking to a UK audience here, for the most part, here's here's what I'll say. I'm not a mental health professional. That was not my training, but I certainly have a pretty good window into that world. And in the United States, mental health therapy, psychiatry, whatever is, is seen basically as if it's necessary, go for it. Yeah. Um, There's, there's a little bit of a stigma in some cases for sure, but not much. Yeah. The way that I compare it is I think that the, attitudes towards mental health for for anybody teens or, or anyone in the uk is pretty much what it was in the u.s maybe 20 30 40 years ago yeah you're so yeah so a few decades ago in the united states even when i so when i was a kid for example when i was like 13 14 so about 20 years ago um if you knew a kid in your school was sort of seeing a therapist was like oh like that's kind of like weird oh what's going on what's wrong with them right that's kind of the discussion and that was kind of discussion in the united states in a lot of ways uh, now that's not it at all. Yeah. Um, I work with tons of these kids. I've worked with lots of these families. I've worked in schools where this is kind of a, um, like a, an understood kind of a goal almost to some of these kids and it's, it's appreciated. It's encouraged. Yeah. And the clients that I work with, I encourage them. A lot of them will see me because they're not ready or they're not comfortable seeing a therapist. And I'll be the first one to say like, look, if you need it, go for it. Um, and I think that that trend will probably come to the UK. And all I can say is if you're a parent and your kid is struggling emotionally, which it's just been a year and a half of COVID, there's something going on, right? Not saying they need a therapist, but there's something going on, right? If you see your kid struggling, there is absolutely no harm in doing what you can to do to help your child. They are going through some of the toughest years of their life and they've just gone through COVID, right? If they need any support, whatever that means, Maybe it's not a therapist or psychiatrist. That's fine. But if they need any sign of kind of support, a mentor, someone to talk to, a tutor, like you said, sometimes tutors can do more than just academics, you know? Yeah, yeah. There is, there is nothing, nothing wrong with it. And in fact, it can be one of the most helpful things a kid will ever experience. And I'll just give a real quick example from my life. I was that kid when I was in high school. Who, who sees a therapist? That's ridiculous. Well, you, yeah. you don't admit something's wrong. You take, you, you're strong. You take care of yourself, right? Lo and behold, I graduated college and excuse my language, but shit hit the fan and things were bad for a couple of years. And finally, basically a mentor of mine, a professional mentor of mine was like, I, do you maybe want to like see somebody Could that help you? And I was like, at this point, I'll take whatever. And I started seeing a therapist and I've seen him on and off through different parts of my life since this is over 10 years ago now. And it is one of the best things I ever did for myself, yeah. ever. He is, he has been such a helpful experience for me. And, and and looking back at my attitudes of what mental health was before I had ever done any of this and what it is now is like complete night and day. Like if I could go back and talk to my 17-year-old, I've been like, Matt, you idiot. Just go talk to somebody. Like, what's the big deal? And then that and that's the message. What there is no big deal. No. If something is gonna be helpful for you or your kid why not try? It's really that simple. And I think that's the thing, because I mean, I I sort of, I I am a a sort of came to this uh, sort of the mental health sort of aspect and and counseling and tutoring uh, and mentoring um, 
a lot later in in sort of you know I've only been doing it for ten years, and you know the the way I look at it is if you have let's say if your child's got problems with maths then we'll take them to a maths tutor if your car has got a flat tire you get it fixed and and yet with you know and so therefore it sort of stands to reason if we've got sort of kids with mental health issues let's iron out the creases now because you know I, I sort of look back at my sort of stuff and I thought shit if only I could have been sort of sorted out and helped out at 17 rather than carrying all this emotional baggage with me for decades I mean you know what I as you rightly say go back to your 17 year old self and say get it sorted now because these things and, and they're sort of, whether or not it's sort of limiting beliefs or whether or not it's sort of bad habits or whatever it is or, or or you know just sort of stuff that's bothering us if we nip it in the bud early it makes such a massive difference to our future selves doesn't it yeah I, I couldn't agree more you know um I can only really speak from my experience and what I went through you know it took it took a crisis yes, for me exactly. to need to admit that I needed something else right yeah. and 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 what you know, it would have been one thing if I was just working with this guy through this crisis. I was dealing with a whole bunch of professional, personal, all that kind of things all heading right at once. Um, but I continued seeing him for years because I recognized the value. And, and the real value is, is what, what therapy tries to do is have you come to terms with yourself and your surroundings. Yeah. And it allows you to process who you are and what you've been through and what you really want. And like, you know, Look, everybody has anxieties. Everybody has issues with anger in different ways. Everybody has issues with sadness and grief. Like that's part of the human experience. So if we can come to terms with those things better, process this, process them better, deal with them better, how helpful can that be? Incredibly. Yeah. Right. Incredibly helpful. And I'm 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 just very, you know. This this almost sounds like a crunchy California like hippie thing. Like no, like not at all. That's the farthest thing that I was as a kid. You know, it is in this kind of a way. I'm very practical, and and to me, it is just like that that math tutor, right? If your kid's struggling in math, you get him a tutor. Yeah. If your kid is struggling with their mental health, get him a therapist. Like yeah. it it can be, and you don't have to tell other people about. It. You have to tell your friends or have your kid tell them. No, it can be totally quiet. It's fine. You know. Um, and it can just be, it, it can really change a, a kid's world and an adult's world too. And, you know, for you adults out there too, just dealt with a year and a half of COVID, you're dealing with your own stress uh, and it, it, could, it could really help as well. So I'm a huge advocate for that kind of thing. I, I, and I think that's, that's the thing is the fact that, you know, our, our kids and, you know, the sort of young people are going through hormonally so blimmin' much they you know that their, 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 their brains are work in progress they're struggling and and so you know even at, at the best of days you know if it's a sort of okay day they're doing well but throw covid and throw i think also not just just covid but being in this time uh, that you know i i don't think these stresses yes i had anxieties and yes i had woes and worries but i don't think the pressures or maybe you know maybe you can correct me here if you don't agree but i just feel the pressures on kids these days are so much greater than they were i mean most i come from a generation of children should be seen and not heard so most of us flew under the radar but you know i i just think that we we sort of shine a spotlight on our kids and yet we 
in some instances are, <clears throat> excuse me, failing to support them when they need it. Well, I would love to hear about what it's like on your side of the pond here. In the United States, you talk about pressures. So in the United States, and I have to assume it's similar in, in most of Europe and like the UK, but what has happened in the past couple of decades in the United States in terms of pressure for teens and these kids? Is it skyrocketed? Yeah. And the pressure, whether it's from the kids themselves or from media or from society or just, you know, their surround, whatever it might be, there's this intense pressure that most kids feel to achieve. Yeah. And it's this pressure, pressure to get the, go to the best, uh, take the best classes, get the best grades, have the best resume for college, have the best, you know, check all the boxes um, to go off to college or your job. And in the United States, that's it's mostly college for most of these kids. And the pressure that this is putting, this sort of was, it was evident when I was a teenager, again, about 20 years ago, but it's overwhelming in some cases now is what I see. And what this causes in these, these teenagers is this overwhelming amount of pressure to like succeed, to achieve, to get the best grades, to be captain of this team and, you know, president of this club and, you know, write the best essay, get in the best yeah. college. And I've seen so many kids crack and a couple of them kind of break. And that's really tragic and really sad. And a lot of the work that I do is helping those kind of kids. So I am actually curious, is that, do you see some of that going on in the oh, UK absolutely. as well? Absolutely. Okay. okay. And, um, you know, I mean, and that's where the the, the sort of, well, I, I was going to say that's where the phrase sort of tiger mum comes from in the fact that it's the, you know, sort of mums are wanting, you know, the the, and I'm not just generalizing, but parents are trying to support their kids to get to the best college, the best this, the best that. And yet I don't always think it is. I think the thing is, is that the, you know, the parents are striving for their own success and therefore the kids are following in the parents' footsteps on, and many kids are just doing, I don't measure up here. And so sometimes, yes, sometimes the, the pressures are coming from the parents, but but oftentimes it's inadvertently that, you know, they're just I just, you know, my child doesn't know what to do. My child hasn't a clue where they're going. So I'm telling them, try this, try this, try this, which is sort of putting pressure on them just because the kids just feel, well, you know, I'm hopeless and, and my mum's pushing me down this route. And, and it's just I think for a lot of kids, they're sort of like rabbits in the headlights and they're sort of and so therefore are relying on their parents to guide them which feels like pressure but it's sort of not meant to be if that makes sense does, does that yeah make sense it, it does I mean it, it's it's what's interesting with that kind of thing too is it's it, it's pressure but it what happens when a parent does that too much yes is that it it, it takes away the the um, empowerment of the kid. Totally. So, so you want, you know, this, this kind of goes back to my bio. What do you really want from your kids? Well, you probably want them to be reached, reaching a point at some point in their late teens or early twenties where they're competent, confident, independent adults. Well, in order to be a confident, competent, independent adult, you have to kind of know who you are and what you want. And if your whole life, your parents been pushing you into things that they think are good for you, but you haven't been able to discover for yourself what those things are, well, how are you supposed to do that when you're when you're on your own? Um, how are you supposed to pick the career that works for you or the place you want to live? But how can that come about if the young person is going, I've no idea what I want to do? 
Yeah, I, I have a lot of those clients. Yeah, too. you have to then so as much. the parent, then as the parent, it's your duty to push. You know, um, and that's that. That's the catch twenty two, isn't it's it? Because you've got a child that sits there and goes, "I haven't a clue what I want to do." The parent pushes, and therefore it looks like a pushy parent, and it's not really. It's just a try this, and if you don't like it, you can go elsewhere. But it's it's a bit of a cycle, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so much. Look, my wife's seven months pregnant. She's giving birth in January. That's exciting. Um, it's it's wild, right? So I'm not a parent yet, but I, I feel like what I what I tell most of the parents that I work with is that a lot of parenting is balance. You're trying to balance these very different things. And that's one of the big things to balance. How much are you balancing your yes. kids' own initiative and independence versus you pushing them to things that you think are going to be helpful and worthwhile for them? Yes. It's a balance, right? And, and I guess the reality would be if you go too far on either side of that spectrum, you're doing the kid a bit of a disservice. If you're pushing... You know, if you're a real tiger mom and every every part of that kid's life is dictated by you and what you think is best for that kid, well, then they have no initiative on their own. Oh, the wheels if come on off. On the other eventually. hand, what's that? <laughs> the wheels come off eventually, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they probably will. Have a little rebellion on your hands. A uh, little speed on our statements, probably right. Uh, and then on the other side of the, the coin there, if you're totally hands off, well, then you're letting the kid do everything on their own and they might discover everything or nothing. You know, so I, I think it's the balance. Um, and and all I can really say, and if you're asking yourself, listen to this, how do I know if I'm hitting the right balance? Yes, that's yeah. all, I, all I can say is listen to your kid. Like I, I would, I find that about 50% of the issues that I see, you know, with the clients that I work with, the family dynamics, when, when I, when I, when I'm talking to them, you know, in detail, it's, it's a lack of communication or miscommunication, which is going to be present in every relationship, no matter what, Right. Yeah. But your kid is trying to talk to you. They probably don't really know how, but they are trying. And you as the parent are trying to talk to them. And you might not really know how, but you're trying. So I'll find that every, every so often with my clients, I will like literally mediate a conversation between the parent and the kid. Because I've heard what the parent's trying to say. I've heard what yeah. the kid's trying to say. I know that they, they mean well together, but they can't quite get there. Uh, there is room, there is middle ground. And if you as a parent take the time to listen to your kid, you're going to get somewhere. And if you as a kid take the time to understand a little bit where your parent's coming from and communicate with them in a way that you think they understand and can relate to, then you can get to the middle ground too. So. You're quite right. Because a lot of the time, um, when I speak to the kids, I go, listen, mate, this is a game, okay? You've got to learn, or it lets, maybe not a game, it's a dance, and you've got to learn what your role is, because if you are permanently treading on your parents' toes, it ain't going to work out well. So you need to sort of, you know, understand when to step forward and when to step back. And it's when they sort of realize, oh, okay, so there's a technique to this, rather than just going in. And, and it does, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? It's when, 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 Kids sort of start realize. I mean, yeah, us adults, you know, we need to sort of hold ourselves accountable. But for kids to realize, oh, well, actually, they get, and and I would hate to use the word manipulate, but <laughs> they can control the way sort of things can turn out as well with the right attitude, really, yes. can't they? Yes, yeah, that's a big part of the coaching that I do with the teens that I work with. I'm sure you do the same thing. Yeah. It's 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 sort of like what I'll try to do is I'll give the teen some perspective. I'll say, look. Here's probably what your parents are thinking. Here's probably why they grounded you that day. Here's probably why you, whatever, 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 right? And then, all right, what do you want to do about it? Instead of yeah. getting emotional or reactionary, like what is, what, what is the goal you want out of this and how are you going to get there? Is there a conversation you need to have? Is there something else you need to do? Um, and I'll have those conversations with parents as well. I think that 
my goodness, right? Communication is like the number one thing in relationships and your relationship with your kid is a huge relationship. So why doesn't anyone teach us how to do it at school? I don't know. You know. Oh, well, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, we're, we're taught, taught, taught all about sort of, you know, science and cloud formations and, and tangents and stuff. And we do not know how to communicate with one another. But, um, it, you know, that's just the way of it, isn't it? And it's it's just hopefully it'll be on the cur- curriculum one day. But at the minute, it's it's up to us guys to sort of, you know, sort of smooth the path a little bit. Um, but so tell me this, because you you did you touched on um, sort of saying that a lot, you know, a, a vast percentage of your sort of young clients have no idea where they're heading, which actually, let's face it, is perfectly normal. Um, but how do you encourage them to find their, oh, here's, here's the P word, the purpose or the passion? You know, h- how do you help them to sort of, because I know so many kids are just sort of going and I, I, I can so relate. They are sort of, what's the point? What's the point? The country's in a state, the world's in a state, you know, and, and you, you've handed over us a broken planet. You've handed us this. What is the blimmin' point? And I can understand that pessimism, but how do we, how do you help your young clients get fire in their belly to sort of move forward? Well, I, I, I think it's very simple. Um, I just talk to them about what they like. Um, and everything I, everything I do when I'm talking to kids about future plans, careers, college, job, whatever, it starts from that place. Um, and I'll, I've had this kind of conversation with just about every client I've ever worked, ever worked with. Sometimes it's just one session. Sometimes it's a thread through years of our work. Um, when you are a teenager, there should be literally no requirement to have any sort of decision of what you want to do with the rest of your life. Oh, hurrah. But you should have some avenues that you think speak to you. So when I work with these kids, especially like 16, 17, 18 year olds, like early, late high school, early college, what I'm basically saying is what kinds of things do you have a passion in, an interest in? What kinds of fields could you see yourself enjoying something? And usually a kid can at least answer those. It's yes. pretty rare where a kid says, I want to be a chef. I have one of those. Okay, great. He's known since he's like 10. Awesome. Yeah. I have a kid who's pretty sure he wants to be a businessman. He's been doing business since he's like nine. Like, okay, great. But that is that is rare. It is. So usually what it is, is like I have a client right now. He's, I think he's, he's 18 or 19 now. Um, he likes history a lot. He also kind of likes some businessy accounting type stuff. He's in his early years of college. Okay. Well, look into majoring in maybe a business or accounting, or maybe you, you explore history. See if that fits. Take some classes that are in those fields. See if they speak to you or not. Do your homework. Is the career that this could lead to something that I might enjoy? Uh, for kids that are younger, it's it's really as simple as is. Do you think college is your path? Um, you know. The, when you look at your life 10, 20 years in the future, do you think the job you're going to need to have will require a college degree? Yes or no. If the answer is yes, yeah, let's look at college. If the answer is no, well, then there's other avenues. If it's college or if it's something like that, then you talk about the field. So, so what, what do you inch, what, what kind of makes you tick? Um, and most kids can give you a general answer to that. And then really it's about exploring. It's just about exploring. So I have a, I have a work with a girl right now. She's, she's 19. She's taking, 
a few classes at college right now. She's not sure if college is the right path for her. That's fine. Um, but she, she loves helping people and she loves animals. All right. Well, try to find a volunteer position where you're doing something with animals or you're working with teens or you're working with special needs students. Right. Try to find a part time job where you're doing something along those lines and see if you like it or not. Um, the only way you're really ever going to know if something works for you or not is to dip your toe in and try. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my, that's my lesson. And, and the, the story that I always tell, I'll tell this really briefly too, because it always makes me laugh. When I was in high school, I loved history and I must've been really enamored by the Indiana Jones movies because I thought I wanted to be an archeologist. Uh, so oh, that sounds like so cool. I'm going to go to Egypt and excavate, you know, pyramids or go to, you know, ancient Greece or something. How cool would that be? So I was, uh, I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. I was a history major at the time. And I spent a summer working at an archaeology lab uh, in the capital city of, of New Jersey, where I grew up called Trenton. There's a lot of historical stuff there. And I spent a summer um, dusting off rusty nails and cataloging them. And it was the worst experience of my life. It was so boring. It was horrible. And I left after two months being like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but it is not this. It's, I, and so, you are and so, so I right. discovered, I discovered that what I thought I wanted wasn't for me, but yeah. I still liked the field. And I ended up getting involved in education and became a history teacher. Yeah. So that's the way it worked for me. And I think that that's a pretty good lesson for most, you know, kids, teens listening to this kind of thing. And I think that this is the, the the great thing is that, I mean, you know, kids that are still at school, they are probably going to be doing many jobs that haven't even been invented yet. So yes, how the yes. we as adults can, yes. you know, encourage them to go down a certain route. But I think you're quite right. It's, it's, it's doing that thing that you think is going to float your boat. And the wonderful thing is, is when you suddenly realize that actually you're not terribly enamored with rusty nails, it's okay, isn't it? Because it's not, I mean, you know, because I I mean, I've had some kids, well, I tried this and I failed at it. And I tried this and I failed at it. And oh, no, no, no. What you need to think and remember is you tried something and thank goodness you realize early on that it isn't for you. Imagine, imagine jumping on the bandwagon and going, right, well, here's my day one. And I've got this for 10 years. I mean, I was so my my reaction after that experience was joy. Yes. Because I was like, if I had if Imagine. I had majored in archaeology and gotten a job, I would have been miserable. Yes. And thank the Lord that I, you know, had that experience beforehand and crossed it off my list and did something. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is we have to remember that it's a different environment because many parents are sort of still trying to parent from experience. And and, and it's sort of, you know, do this because this will be really good for your resume or do this because it'll be great for sort of, you know, your personal statement or whatever it is. And, And it's we sort of look at look at our advice with very very long-term goals whereas I think kids should be able to have that luxury of let's just you know I've got a client who is sort of going away and she's um, going to do a shallow season and I go oh my god this is so cool you have got five months to let your hair down and realize I said you could come back and someone might have asked you to sort of join their company you know you might come back and you know sort of 
you might have fallen in love with someone. You might come back and realize, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to do sort of client facing stuff anymore. But whatever we dip our toe into that water, we come back with learnings and lessons, don't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that there's a huge general generational change going yeah. on in work. Uh, my parents, the, my parents was you, you, you work for a company for three decades. That's your life. Get the that is not the case it. anymore. I yeah. mean, the average, I would love to know what in the UK and the U S the average time for a job is like three years or something for you. Uh, I th- yeah. And, and I think that's, that's fairly strong if you last that long as well. Yeah. So the world is the world. It's not the world is changing. The world has changed. Yes, so, has so for these, already. for these young people to get advice from a parent is helpful but only to a degree because the working world that kids are looking at nowadays is very, very different from what their parents and certainly the grandparents were experiencing. Yeah. So, um, you know, kids, kids are kind of, I think part of the whole like social media, internet revolution and just technology in general, kids are more flexible. Kids were able to dive from one thing to the next without too much um, issue there. And I think that that's part of what the job world is like. And so, you know, that's that's another reason why I, I push the idea of a field. Like find the general yes. thing you like, yeah. and then yeah. you can find a way to make money or have a job in that field. Because yeah. like literally the literally the world is people's oyster now. If you have a computer or a cell phone, how cool is that? You can do almost any job. I mean, it's it's yeah. just it's wild. So yeah, yeah, that's the advice that I would give. And I think it's being because I remember um, we were my daughter was she's 26 and her fiance, they stayed with us over one of the lockdowns and they were here for about three or four months. And one of the conversations, it was really interesting. We were talking about, I think, sort of, you know, education, secondary education, tertiary education. And uh, my uh, Alice's boyfriend was through he came out with um a first class honors in engineering and I was going oh my god you know this is just so cool and 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 I was sort of, he was sort of going yeah and Alice went but you did most of that on your own and I said well what do you mean and he basically said oh I I I didn't go to lectures I said well how the heck did you do this and he went oh I learned most of the stuff it was most of my sort of education at college university was self-taught he said I found the curriculum I got everything and the and the guidelines that they gave me but he said it was just a bit slow and a bit dire so he literally got a first class honors through teaching self-taught uh, through sort of youtube and all the other i, I knew you were going to say youtube i was waiting for that yeah absolutely, absolutely yeah. unbelievable yeah. and and he i mean and he he Actually, he said, by the end of it, I came out, obviously, knowing more than many of my colleagues and, and sort of, you know, because it really interested in him. And rather than just sit there and listen to what the lecturer said, he was going down rabbit holes and loving it and and feeding on what was really interesting to him. And I just sort of thought, you know, this is just imagine saying that to someone like me who was sort of, you know, used to be and certainly didn't come out with the first class honors, I tell you. But, it, you know, it was it was just amazing how actually our kids have the opportunities to learn. Yes, because you need the, the university, the college degree, but to be able to open all these doors for themselves if they choose to. Yeah, I, it's 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 remarkable. And, and those are those are the two big lessons there. Right. It's like. Lesson number one, things are very, very different. Um, And kids these days have the world at their fingertips. And the second lesson there then is if if there's a passion and interest 
that a young adult or you know college student has, they they have the ability to pursue it in all kinds of ways yeah. that an older generation isn't even aware exists. Yes. I mean, the average like 15 year old has spent hundreds of hours online exploring YouTube, exploring Reddit, exploring the the dark, you know, corners of the internet. And there's so much, I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but (laughs) there's so much there to find if you want to find it. Yeah. Gone are the days where you had to sit in a lecture hall to learn something. Now you can do that, of course, but if you want to supplement that with all kinds of extra stuff, it's literally a few like, you know, keystrokes away on your computer. And and most kids are aware of that and are already doing that. Yes, they are. Thankfully. And it was just it, it was just music to my ears because it sort of brings back a, a bit. It brings back the fun into education again, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, rather than sort yeah. of, you know, death by PowerPoint. Um, and, you know, so sort of, it's just it just. And, and and two engineers can sit there and learn about two totally different things and get totally different perspectives. I guess that's probably the benefit when you come and together and have sort of tutorials and workshops where you can start firing off on one another. Um, but I think I think and I think this is what we as sort of adults need to remember is that because there is such a change in in. Um, sort of education and and the future for our kids that everything is allowed to be a little bit more short term surely because you know you can sort of go and do a as you say a six-month voluntary thing or a you know a sort of short course here to learn something because I think we still come from a point of if you don't get it right first time then all the doors are going to be shut when you leave school or college and that's not right is it no it's 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 interesting. I've had these conversations with my dad. So my dad retired a few years ago. He was he spent his entire career basically at the same company doing insurance work, and he reached the point where he was a fairly upper upper middle management kind of thing. Um, his perspective, and the perspective of most people in that generation, as far as I can tell, is very much that it's like you know you find your career, you find your company that sort of takes care of you and and that's your professional life and you do that for decades usually that just isn't the case now and like take me for example i i discovered in college fairly early on i guess that education was a passion of mine i was good at it and i like to do it i can make money okay let me give it a try so i've been in education for 12 years or so which is pretty insane to say that but um you know i've had like six different jobs yeah, uh, I've been you. You read in the bio there. I've been a high school teacher. I was an admin in a private school. I ran a tutoring business. I I helped run a summer camp. I do the work I do now. Right. Um, I think 30 years ago, somebody looking at resume would have said, who the hell is this guy who can't figure out what he wants to do with his life? What a flake. <laughs> right. I know. And now it's like, oh, that's normal. Like, OK, yeah. like nothing. to How see. One, isn't it wonderful? I think it's so liberating. Yeah. Yeah. And I and the funny thing is, I sometimes feel like the flake. I'm like, why can't I just figure it out? You know, I, I'm doing what I, I've been doing what I do now for for almost four years, so I think I've really kind of found what I what I like here. But it, it doesn't even really matter. You are you are doing a you found a, a a skill that you're good at, a way to relate to people or a job that you yeah. like and can make can make money doing. And who cares if it's this job or the one right across the street? You know, the building across the street. Uh, who cares if it's a slightly different job title? 
Yeah. Um, if employers don't care because they don't anymore, why why should anybody else? You do what works best for you. That's that's sort of the empowerment of this generation of work. I mean, there's a lot of issues with the economy and working and and that whole world, but like that's one of the real benefits is that there's a ton of freedom for individual workers to have, no matter what your your and field. I think I think the trick is is for us parents to understand that there is a ton of freedom and to understand that therefore with that comes a ton of opportunity. And so it's not the be all and end all for your child to sit there first term of college and go, I have my life sussed because that ain't going to happen really, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, the last thing I'll say about that is I wonder what it's like in the UK, but in the US, I think like the average college student changes their major like to two plus times yeah right so they started as i don't know marketing and they changed to psychology by the end or they were you know a english major and now they're yeah knows what right that's really common too so that's okay and that's okay yeah that's okay i think i i don't know if our system is as flexible as that um but it, it, as you say, we are slightly behind the US, but I think we need to catch up fast. But because it's a different world, and I think I think it's wonderful that we're able to embrace it. Um, and, and I have loved hearing your perspective on it, because I think not only will it allow parents listening to you, not only will parents be allowed to just sort of breathe a sigh of relief, but it also it also gives the young people listening to this sort of permission to follow their own path and to walk at the yeah. beat of their own drum, because that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. As, as long as, as long as you're following your heart and doing it in a way that's practical, that's, yeah. you know, there's going to be a paycheck on the other end in some way, you're going to have, you know, a life that you are comfortable living on the other end of that, then you've done your job. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's Matt. I am so grateful for this. Thank you so much indeed. And um, I can't wait um, for for others. If they need to contact you, I'll put all the details in the show notes. Sure. um, Yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anybody. And, um, you know, it's it's really nice coming on here. And you're you're a wonderful host. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.